everyone. My name is Lenny Hart. I'm the ring announcer for Ryzen uh, Fighting Federation, and you are listening to the Ryzen Podcast. <laughs> Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I'm joined by my faithful co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Today we, Hello, how are y'all? Today we have a very special guest of us. You may not know her face, but you certainly know her voice. She was a ring announcer for Pride and Dream, and is now a ring announcer for Quintet, Brave, and of course, Rising. You might know her as Crazy Pride Lady from the highlights on YouTube, but she has a name. With us today is Lenny Hart. Thank you, Miss Hart, for taking the time out to do this interview. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. You know, I'm really enjoying talking to you guys. And one thing that is very accurate about what your introduction of, of, about me is that I am absolutely, totally nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let's, let's, let's start with that. How did you get involved in the, in the crazy world of MMA ring announcing? How, how, tell us your beginnings with that. Well, I think being crazy helped. And the reason why I say that is because two days before uh, the Pride Grand Prix in 2000, which was the first Pride I ever did, I got a phone call from one of my agents. At the time, I worked for several different small agents around Tokyo as a, as a voice actress. I got a call from one of my agents, and she said, two days from now, there is, and this is what she said, a boxing event being held at uh, the... Uh, the um, the uh, shoot and my brain just did a brain fart. Uh, the uh, Tokyo um, Tokyo Dome. That there it is. <laughs> Tokyo Dome. Yeah, Tokyo. And uh, you know, are you free? And what they want is someone who can speak Japanese and English, and who is not going to get nervous uh, uh, in front of fifty thousand people, which is approximately what the Tokyo Dome holds. And I said, yeah, well, let me get back to you. I didn't have anything on. I said, well, yeah, I can. I am. I'm free. But I know nothing about boxing. And she said, that's okay. They don't need you to know anything about it. I said, well, as long as they're fine with that, then I think I can do this and do it well. Yes, I'm free. That was the beginning. And um, that uh, was very serendipitous because uh, when I arrived there that day and uh, was introduced to all the people uh, on, the, uh, on the floor, they were all really cool people. They were very nice, very welcoming. And I was replacing a girl who was going to be taking a holiday. And uh, they enjoyed what I did well enough that they actually made me a permanent uh, member of the team rather than just a temporary fill-in. So it's very serendipitous. <laughs> and you have to be crazy, right, to just say, yeah, sure, why not? So my craziness helped. <laughs> yeah. But, Miss Hart, I know that you started off when it came down to combat sports rather a bit I mean, rather a bit auspicious. I know that you started off in the world of voice acting. I know that you started off doing a lot of different advertisements for a lot of different firms. But what was probably the most weirdest thing to come out the world of voice acting in order to, you know, get involved in this little crazy world we call um, I, this, I, I'm assuming you're, you're going in and out a little bit. I'm assuming this is a question from Christian, and I'm just going to keep talking because we do have a bit of a delay here. Um, I, uh, what, what, yeah, I, I think I what you're asking is, what did I do previously to being asked to do this job that helped me get this job? And I believe it may have been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my, my, 
my adventurous spirit, which I wasn't being um, you know, facetious when I said it was because I was crazy. And I mean crazy in the best sense. You have to just keep an open mind. You have to just try everything. Um, had I just said, look, I have no experience, it was important for me to tell these people that I had no experience in boxing because I didn't want them to assume that I knew what I was doing. As long as they understood that I'm a novice, I know nothing about boxing, I think that they liked that about my response. Um, and, you know, but in my, in my in, in interaction with them, I made it clear, look, I'm going to learn as I go along, but I will do my best at whatever I do. I don't think I did anything specific prior to being asked to do this job other than my willingness to do my best despite maybe being thrown into a situation that I don't know. I'm, I'm a sink or swim person. Throw me in the water, and I'm going to swim. I probably am not going to sink. And I think that that was one of the reasons why my agent recommended me. She knew that I could handle the situation, even though I was unfamiliar with the detail, I suppose, would answer your question. So my next question for you, uh, Lenny, is is your the process. And this is Andrew. Yep, right? this is Andrew. Uh, I'm always interested in the process that, that artists and just people who... who who do who their, their process and one of the things I noted uh, what what is your process when you go in to announce an event like what is what do you go in mentally what do you do physically can you just talk a little bit about that about that uh, for live events actually I avoid processes uh-huh. and there's a good reason for that sometimes you, you if you over prepare something you expect it to go a certain way if it doesn't go the way that you prepared for you actually wind up confusing the issue so much that you can't do what you're meant to be doing if I were doing a play or a scripted narration, I will look at it beforehand. If you look at it too much, you lose that sort of live off the cuff feeling. So I try not to look at it too much, but I try to make sure that I go in with enough information and understanding of the script. When you do a live event, you kind of you, you have to familiarize yourself with what you're supposed to be doing. Clearly, you know if you're if you're calling the uh, you know like how many rounds there are or how many minutes until the end of a round or whatever. I do so many different events. There are different rules for different events I do. If I'm doing a K1 event, it's going to be different from an MMA event, which will, again, be different from mixed events, uh, events that, that feature you know, different um, uh, 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 disciplines. So you, you, there is such thing as over-preparing. <laughs> I prepare as much as I think is appropriate for any live event. And uh, you have to be able to deal with the off-the-cuff, unexpected stuff that happens. In order to do that, you cannot really, I think, in my opinion, for what I do, what works for me, is not to over-prepare. Just to be ready for anything. Or, in your case, in announcers try and do this. They try and make themselves feel excited. You are naturally excited. For these events, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> you're not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, I think a bit of, there's a bit of sense. Okay, I guess hmm, interesting. Okay, for me and the advice that I give young announcers as they start out, it's it's really not about you. I mean, obviously, what you want to do is you want to be able to walk away proud of the work you've done, but you don't want to walk away saying everybody looked, listened to me, and everyone looked at me. That's not the point. When you're an announcer, and this is different from other forms of work, and I, I, you know, I'm, I don't mean to make myself sound magnanimous and altruistic and, and all that. When I'm doing a live athletic event, the stars are the athletes. And all I can do is enhance the production, enhance the excitement of the, of the fans for their preferred athlete. Um, so I try to always just... I try to be as excited as they are, you know. It's sort of a combination of an MC and a cheerleader, I think, for what I do with mixed martial arts. Oh. So I naturally feel excited. Yeah, I don't have to pump myself up for that. Uh, actually, I wanted to... Uh, uh, oh, sorry, Christian. I just wanted to ask, uh, kind of like go off that. And one of the things I'm amazed is how for every person who comes out, every fighter comes out, you give a different introduction, a different indentation, a different tone. Uh, sometimes you even match the style of their music. Or you, you reference something like with Shinju Auclair, uh, that's my baby, you know, what her mother says whenever she, uh, Shinju wins a fight. How do you go about doing that and thinking about, okay, someone like Crow Cop 
should get this type of introduction or Anderson Silva gets this type of introduction? How do you go about that? Does it just come naturally or do you think about it beforehand? Well, obviously, clearly, I, I run, run it through my, my mini-edit system. I mean, I have lots of ideas that might come up. They're not intellectual. They're what Japanese call kimochi, or feeling, um, or, you know, their instinct. Uh, things will pop into my head. It's not like, how can I make this call different? How can I make this call more interesting? How can I sound more cool? I don't think any of that. But I do think, you know, I mean, when that, the, the Shinju Eau Claire one, I just thought it was so cute that her mom was saying that. It was so clearly a thing. You know, I mean, if I were as an audience member, that's, you know, just watching it, that stood out. I had not heard that before. It, you know, I saw it for the first time that it, when everyone else saw it. I added it to her introduction because, I mean, kind of how could you not? You know, it was uh, it was my gut, re gut reaction, my gut instinct. So, um I don't really intellectualize, you know, individual introductions. A very good example of this, and one that I, I mentioned in an interview a couple of months ago that I, that I realized people may not even have known it was, actually I found out later on people didn't know it was me doing it, was um, Quan Gracie. I think the second or third time he did Ryzen, either the, the, the second or last time he did Ryzen, I should say, because he only did it three times, um, he uh, came out with an introduction of uh, this aboriginal music that uh, played on uh, Didgeridoo. And uh, it was so, uh, gosh, I can't think of English, in Japanese, shibui. It was so sort of dark and serious. You know, and yet, you know, the crowd was relatively excited because he was a Gracie. But they didn't, you know, the, normally you can just keep, you're riding the wave of, if, if the audience is already excited, I just, I, you know, I play it down. You don't really have to, you know, hype it even ever, ever more because that actually has a, a reverse reaction, a reverse uh, effect. But th this guy was coming out down the the uh, the, uh, the uh, walkway, the Hanamichi, the walkway, for the first time with this really sort of serious music. And as I'm watching him come down and I'm listening to the music, it just came naturally for me to say, and I did it in the sound of a didgeridoo. And I, immediately after I did it, because I was kind of in tune to the audience's feeling, I realized that the most of the audience didn't know I'd done an introduction at all. They thought it was part of the music. <laughs> and, and that's it, and that's fine. That's cool. Except that I think it was one of the best things ever done. So I feel a little frustrated by that, you know. But <laughs> that's that's amazing. But I get to get the word out in interviews with you guys, so I gotta thank you. Um, <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's because uh, I was there for when he fought Tatsuya Kawajiri, uh, Ryzen. Oh, I think it was that fight. I yes, think it was that fight. Yeah. And I remember. Not hearing an int well, what I thought at the time was not an introduction, just a diggery do, and I just thought, oh, maybe like you were like you had to go to the bathroom or something, or like you had to like you're just like you you weren't doing. Or maybe I pre-recorded it or something. Right? Exactly, and I remember. Yeah, oh, already nah, music, so. you didn't pre-record it. It sounded beautiful live. Believe me, oh, okay. watched it live. <laughs> I see it live. Did you know it was me doing it though? Well, I mean, yes, ma'am. You, you did? Well, thank you very much, because that's really cool. I know that it's, I can understand why some people might not have. And uh, I, it sounds really conceited to say this, but I think it's kind, of, it's kind of cool that some people didn't know that it was me, because, you know, of course I was matching the, the notes to the music and all. But the point of, the, the point of that story is that you, that you asked me a question about, you know, do I prepare? And all. I don't intellectualize it. No, I do, I do prepare. I don't, you know, I'm not irresponsible. But the most important thing is to pay attention to the mood of the crowd. The, and that's why you cannot prepare too much. You have to be able to uh, work off the cuff in the, in the moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hope that. that, that's, that, that's, that no, that, 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 that exactly answers the question. That exactly answers the question. Uh, and please accept my apology if I'm interrupting you guys. I don't want to sound like someone who's not listening. Not it's at just all. That we are getting a bit of a delay. Yeah, not at all, not at all. It's okay, man. Okay, thank you. Christian, you had a question? Um, to be honest, I I mean, I know this might sound a little off the cuff, my, probably because of the delay, but what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't want to try and sound negative or anything, but what are your thoughts about other announcers trying to, uh, you know, not just copy your style, but trying to, you know, imitate you, knowing that they're probably never going to be as innovative as you. 
I, um, I have no problem with people who are influenced by me. And I have several uh, announcers around the world, female announcers. It's, it's interesting because it's only the female announcers who contact me and say, you've influenced me, can you give me advice? The guys never do. But I do know that I have influenced some male announcers as well. And they're fans of mine, but they don't actually say, you know, like they don't write to me and say, can you give me advice? But I've got three or four around the world, actually most of them in Brazil, who contact me directly saying, look, you've been a big and huge influence on me. And, uh, you know, what advice can you give me? And all I can say is, well, we cannot help but be influenced by what we've heard before. I mean, that's what spurs innovation, really, is being inspired, right? And, uh, but if you're, if, you're, if you're copying, I don't read, if you're copying only, like you're not doing your own thing, I don't have a lot of respect for you. If you're copying, if, a, if an organization copies my style and doesn't even let the audience know that it's not even really me anymore, I, I don't really get that. I don't get that at all because if I, if I were to produce their shows, I would recommend to them that they do something completely new. Don't try and copy, you know? Um, that just, you know, you know, a copy, I mean, think about it. It's, it's, it's a faded, uh, lesser version of something that's already existed. You know, try, do your own thing, make something new, take a chance. So I, I don't like it when people copy something uh, and, you know, just try to rip it off, basically, or just try and, you know, be lazy, really, it's lazy. But if someone is influenced by me, and even if they sound like me, and they and they recognize that you know they're you know maybe they're going through a uh, you know a, a, an early version of themselves you know by 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 channeling me that's cool that's great that's a compliment and then they add their own stuff to it uh, that's great I mean that's a that's an absolute compliment. Oh, actually, going off that, uh, I, I want to know your opinion on this. Is that there, you have a lot of fans who will tune into a show, an MMA show, or any combat sports show, just because you're announcing. I remember when Ryzen was first announced, and I remember some of the comments were, "If they don't have Lenny Hart, I'm not watching. I don't care who they have on." <laughs> how do you? How does it feel that that you've almost become, almost a, like a, 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 a star, almost a draw in a in a, in a sport where you're actually not a competitor? You become you you're kind of. You're 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 present, but also you're not you're not one of the star attractions. Can you talk about like that and how you feel that like people will tune in just because you're announcing? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that there must be some people out there who say that because you brought it up. I don't mean to say that you're wrong, but I, I I find it hard. I really find it really hard to believe that anyone really feels that way. Even even if they say it in the beginning, if an if an event is 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 well produced and well and well presented and the athletes are doing their you know the best i mean really i i it doesn't matter i'm a i'm the cherry on the top of the sunday i don't need to be there at all none of us does none of us announcers does right none, none do none of us needs to be there um it, if that you say that some people like it if it's not letting hard i don't want to listen of course that makes me feel wonderful i i you know you want to do your best job and you want people to know you're doing your best and you want people to like what you're doing. So when I get that kind of, um, you know, feedback, it makes me feel fantastic. I can't. Um, but I'm not. I am not an integral part of these events. I, I add to it. I, you know, I make. I, I, you know, I can make it. You know, just maybe that. Like I said, it's frosting. It's cherries. Um, but the, um, you know, you're not going to have an ice cream sundae without the. You know, if you're not going to milk of the cow. And it's a lot harder to milk a cow and make ice cream than it is to, you know, pop on top of the sundae as a cherry. <laughs> mm. Well, I, I'll tell you this, you know, I do believe that there are some people who would not tune into Ryzen if you were not announcing. I do truly believe that because, you know, that's one of the integral parts about Pride. Well, thank you. But I do, one thank integral, you for that. Oh, well, the, the integral part of, about uh, Pride was... You, you know, there's a reason why uh, crazy, uh, crazy pride lady highlights on YouTube were, uh, are so enormous because, because it's just it's it's an announced type of announcing that people we just don't hear off in America. You know, Michael Michael Buffer when he's announcing, you know, it's kind of the same. You know, we're let's get ready to rumble. Bruce Buffer he puts in a little bit of of of, of oomph into it, but for the most part, you know, he's kind of doing the same thing. Um, it seems like... He didn't used to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch the early Bruce Buffer and watch Bruce Buffer after Pride. After Pride became, like, you know, after 
I'm going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. it. Sounds really conceited. After Lenny Hart became popular, mm-hmm. he, he actually Bruce Buffer once told me himself that he was that he, he well, maybe I shouldn't say this. I guess it's okay. That he uh, he was approached by the powers that be and said, "Look, this is what this because Pride and UFC were real competitors, right? Yes. This is what they're doing over at Pride. Can you add a little bit of this to it? So he's got his own style, but he sort of raised the I don't know tension level, I guess." So pre pre Lenny Hart Bruce Buffer and post Lenny Hart Bruce Buffer, really interesting to watch. He is classic though. I love Bruce Buffer, and of course I love Michael Buffer. I've never actually met Bruce face to face. We've talked on on uh, social media, and Michael Buffer I've met a couple of times, and uh, yeah, they're classic. I, mean, I love I love what they do, mm-hmm. and uh, and there and there are lots of people emulate them as well. They should. So let's let's talk a little bit about about Ryzen, and I'm gonna start that off with a question from a listener. That's uh, JM Factor, whose Twitter's at C Wrestling, and he asks, "When you heard that Sakaki Bara and Takata-san were creating Ryzen, how did you react to it? And did you call them, or did they call you to come back home?" Actually, again, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. Um, I think it's okay. I don't know if it was common knowledge. Um, when Ryzen was first being conceived of, uh, I was uh, I got word that they wanted to do something completely new and different, and therefore they did not want to use me or K. Grant. Uh, I was disappointed, of course, but I even told my husband, I said, but I gotta say, if I was a producer, if I were to produce a new show, I'd feel the same way. I, I would make the same decision. And I do produce, I used to be an event producer and I still direct um, events. And, um, it, it, you know, I, I would do the same thing. Uh, but apparently, they did not use K. Grant in the end. I don't know if you know K. Grant. You know, the guy that had the really deep voice and the ways wore the sunglasses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They did decide to not I know him. who he is. He's a J pop singer. He does, yeah, he's got his own band. He's actually a disc jockey, a radio disc jockey. And he also has his own band here. And he's a lovely man who I've known for 20 years. But they, And I felt bad for him that they wound up not using him. They used him only for the very first Ryzen when we did sort of a goodbye to Pride beginning to Ryzen, that very first event, which we did. We all did together. And then even at that point, my position there was uh, was tenable. We didn't know. They, they didn't know whether we could continue to use me. And uh, uh, apparently they couldn't really find anyone else that they thought was suitable, so they wound up using me. And since then, I guess people are really happy about it. I'm glad for that. But I understand that they wanted to do something on their own. This is this is the thing I was saying before about don't copy, do something new. You know, this is a problem right now. I think is that no one's really thinking about all these new, you know, events or these new um, organizations that are doing their thing. They're not doing their thing. They're not trying to do anything new. Well, one of the main reasons why Pride was so good is because Pride did something new. And Ryzen is doing really well because Ryzen changed a bit, you know, using doing mixed things, doing some things that are clearly pro wrestling style, right? And like proper Thai boxing, you know, with the music in between the rounds and all that. Mixing it up mm-hmm. a bit is a, is a variation on the theme. But you know, it's okay for because these are the same people that did Pride. So do Pride, then do a variation on the theme, fine. But if you're a new organization opening up and you're just carbon copying what's already been done. And eventually, that's going to shoot you in the foot. Hmm. So I was not upset about not being considered in the beginning. I, basically, they were like, no, we don't want to use Lenny Hart. We don't want to use K-Grant. We want something new and innovative and different. I, I respect that immensely. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know as well, um, do you have a favorite fight that you've seen in your entire, for as long as you've been doing announcing, is there a fight that you would say is your favorite? No. And I get this question a lot, no offense, but um, I, and my, I, I remember one time, the first time I was asked this question, my gut response, uh, I was so, I didn't even know where it came from. It's like, wow, that was my muse talking, but it was so accurate that I need to repeat it. Uh, it's like asking what's your favorite sunset. <laughs> mm. So I've got, I know that sounds so contrite, right? But it's, it, it was, it was. A sincere response the very first time I was asked this question, and it was so accurate that I have to repeat it. You know, you get that. Uh, uh, you, you, not every sunset is gorgeous. You know, sometimes they're just you know everyday run-of-the-mill sunsets. But you see some absolutely amazing sunsets. But can you say this one was better than that? 
Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen lots of great fights, and uh, some stand out. And I, I, you know, right now, off the cuff, I, I could, you know, can't really think of that many. One of them would be Takayama and Don Fry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and almost mm-hmm. any fight with Mino Aman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mino Aman and Giant Silva. I mean, there's so many that just showed such Bushido spirit. Um, you know, there are there are a few. One? No, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I understand. I really. Uh, yeah. So right now, Rise has been around for a few years, uh, and like you said, it is definitely trying to be something different than Pride, and they have promoted that. And I want to just get your feelings on from what you've seen with Rise so far. What, how you think, as a promotion, they are doing in terms of the entertainment and the fights that they are putting on. And I just want to get your thoughts on what, how you feel they're doing uh, so far. Well, I like the innovation. I like the fact that they're incorporating so many different things. I like the fact that they call them a fight federation mm-hmm. and not a championships or, you know, fight club. Um, and I, and, I, and I, really, I really, I mean, I'm not just being a corporate sh- shill right now. I mean, I really like these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I, I understand the response by some people I see of that. Well, that's not real. You know, that's not real. That's not pure MMA. You know, they're, they're the purists, right? Mm-hmm. And but that's not what that's, that's what's different about rising. Rising say, is not pride. Oh, it's fixed. Or oh, well, that, I've got a really strong opinions about. Look, if you're going to be doing uh, 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 the proper, like you know, there's a, a definition problem, I think, about the concept of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So in Japanese, pro wrestling, and in, and which is a separate thing from pro wrestling, <laughs> and then in, in, in America you just have pro wrestle, right? So uh, some things are entertainment, and some things are are actual sport, right? Like and, more pure than anything, right? Uh, well, some things are less pure. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like if you get, if you you will you will see some things. Like, uh, for example, the exhibition uh, uh, grappling matches, match that you saw at Ryzen, what was it, last year? Um, between, what was it, Ken Shamrock? Oh, Ken Shamrock and Yes, and it wasn't predetermined or anything, but it also wasn't a proper fight either, right? And then we also have some stuff like, you know, almost any Bob Sapp fight, right? <laughs> <laughs> that rides the line between entertainment and sport. And they don't have a problem with that in Japan at all. It's like it's almost it's like an, an ability to, uh, you know, um, uh, raise the curtain of you know the difference between you know uh, what's the term, um, an ability to uh, 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 oh shoot what's the term oh jeez uh, suspend uh, sus- suspend suspend disbelief. This is that's it. Thank you. Please edit my. Duh, 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 just now. <laughs> it's okay, Lenny. We understand. Yeah, mess up sometimes, this. too. Thank you very much, mate. So, yeah, yeah a willingness to, to, you know, to, to uh, suspend, yeah, what is the term? It's not suspend disbelief. It's something like that. But anyway, yeah. It, so the, the, that fine line between drama and an actual happening, I mean, you know it's not real. No, I mean, like when you watch pro wrestling, does anyone? Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people do think, you know, the drama <laughs> that is that, the old WWE. A lot of people will say it's free time real. out, but <laughs> a lot of people basically say, you know, it's not. It's not my cup of tea. It's, I don't want to say it either. It's not real. It's it's not pure. It's nothing like I used to grow up with. Yeah, but that's the thing. We, it's not such a defining line here it's like you don't have to slap someone in the face in japan to say this is pro and this is mma and this is kickboxing and this is a real match between a, a boxer and a kickboxer so like for example the fight between mayweather and and uh and Tenshin was not fixed mm-hmm. actually you know in my experience and i may be completely naive but in my experience i have never seen a fixed fight at Pride or Ryzen. Oh no! I, I said that you know I you know I, that's why I said the people who thought who were like oh tension took a dive. Here's the thing: if you want a Japanese organization is not going to have their guy who they've been building up for that long 
go down like the way he did if they were going to fix a fight. I'd like to see them enter a ring with Floyd Mayweather and, and without being able to use your legs as a kickboxer. Exactly. You have the, and see how long you can last. The greatest boxer of all time, uh, possibly. 50 and 0, you know, who also has a, a 15, 20 pound weight advantage over tension, you know. Well, he, of course he's going to knock him around. Absolutely. The other thing I'll say is, when, you know, I, I challenge anyone, if you're a professional actor or a professional boxer or a professional kickboxer or a professional pro wrestler, I challenge you to fool me into believing that you didn't do it on purpose. Because I can see it. Mm-hmm. If you, you, there's no way. It's like a dancer who pretends he can't dance. That's the hardest thing to do. If you watch these, you know, the movies of where a dancer is supposed to be learning and he's fumbling and he's making mistakes, and you can tell they're dancers because there's no way this person doesn't know what they're doing. So to fake a fight is really, really hard. It's you know all these like, conspiracy theories, right? I mean, like the whole Sandy Hook conspiracy theory and all that. Trust me, I have tried to herd cats. It isn't easy. <laughs> so when you try to fake something, oh, it's, it's, it, I mean, they're trying to say that this is, they're trying to make it look real, but it's fake. Good luck. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. I've directed too many plays. I've been in too many movies. I've done too many TV commercials. It's really hard. You, it's in, almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And anyone with a trained eye will see it. Actually, I want to also yeah, talk go back to the uh, tension Floyd fight. And one thing uh, I was disappointed in was that you did not announce that. Uh, I did. Oh, I you did, did announce it. Oh, you I did? did? I thought it was, uh, I, I did. I, did. I, I did. announced the entrance, but not the winner. That was it. Okay, yes, yes. Was that? So uh, it was Ralph, uh, Rambo and Ralph uh, Velasquez. Um, Ralph and Ralph Velasquez of Phoenix, Arizona. I, well, I announced him during the Hanamichi, uh, sorry, that's Japanese, when, when they came out, I announced them. And then he had his own ring announcer. So the Ota-san, who is our in-ring announcer, he did not do the final big fight because Floyd Mayweather brought Ralph, mm-hmm. who is a lovely guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I did what I always do, which is an- announcing them during their entrance music. It became a bit of a problem because we didn't have a proper rehearsal with everyone. So they had that rapper guy going. <laughs> and I had to sort of work around the rapper doing live rap. That's... And I didn't even know that was going to happen. So that's why, yeah, okay, because I first, I, th- I you know, I didn't, th- I thought I, I was watching here at like 9 a.m. and I was also very tired, so I thought I didn't hear you at first. I just heard the rapper guy doing his whole thing with, with Floyd. Well, I was trying to match what he was doing because for me to try, mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's performing. Yeah. So for me to try and do something that's sort of yelling over the top of him, would that would have been rude to him. So I tried to, you know, sort of match his pitch and tone as best I could. The main thing was that I had pretty much used up all my energy. I had a 42 degree Celsius, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, temperature, and uh, I had influenza the entire day. So I had, we had done two events in one day, and uh, I was really, really, really sick. The second most sick I've ever been in my career. And, uh, I w- and that's saying a lot, because last time I had dysentery. <laughs> oh, my God. I did a one. Und- the we understand, we understand side, when so. you have to work hurt. What's that? Oh. We understand when you have to work hurt. It's basically trying to be durable. I was trying to do my best job, and it was the very last uh, call of the evening. Mm-hmm. And, and because, because I had this, uh, this influence, it, was, was, uh, it weakened everything. It was weakening my eyesight. I, I couldn't breathe, and my voice was going, which is really rare for me. I don't lose my voice. Actually, for anybody who wants to know the uh, conversion, that is 107 degrees Fahrenheit for us Americans. And that <laughs> is incredibly, that is above normal body temperature. And I've had, I've had a fever uh, close to that. And, and trust me, it is not it is not something you want to have, especially when you're supposed to be working and announcing an arena, announcing twelve different fights for for twenty, up maybe like up to twenty people and all that. So yeah, that was not twelve fights because we did what is I don't remember now. I think it was sixteen. Sixteen, yeah, yeah. Earlier event. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Sixteen or seven. So I was I went all the way through. So you did. And the, the thing yeah. is, the, the medics were there. They were ready to make sure that I didn't overdo it because, you know. They, uh, I can't leave the team. I was not well at all. I was re- I really, if there was someone there that could have replaced me, I would have said I need to do the right thing and let someone who's in better condition do what I do. 
let them take over because right. I, I can't Ultra do this stuff. Uh, there was no one there that could replace me. It was. It wasn't like, like I wouldn't have me. I wouldn't have ruined the event. I would have said, it wouldn't have been my pride. I was beyond that. It was like I could not walk away. But you know, in all in all the best circumstances, I could. I should have. You know what I mean? But there's no one else there. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I couldn't really do justice. I I would did a bad job for the whole show. I mean, the the, uh, the, uh, the opening it was nothing like I normally do. The only thing I was thinking about was, oh, shit. Oh, sorry, I hope that's okay. Oh, shoot. It's okay. <laughs> I hope people don't think, you know, this is uh, this is just the new Lenny. You know, this is, uh, you know, I'm, I was really ill. But, of course, I was, wasn't going to say that on the mic either. That just detracts from the show. So all I could do is do my best mm-hmm. and... Uh, and, and hope for the best. And I, I just barely made it to that last intro, to the point where I had to leave the arena. I didn't watch that fight live, ringside. I got the best seats in the house. I rushed out and uh, had to just go and sort of collapse in the dressing room. I didn't. Wa- I watched it on the monitor. Well, actually, it's funny, funny you uh, you bring that up because actually we got another question uh, again from JM Factor at C Wrestling on Twitter, and he asked. Uh, and I, you, it sounds like you kind of answered, but in case if you didn't fully, uh, I'm just going to ask it anyway. How did it feel to see Mayweather at a Ryzen ring last year? How did it feel? Well, I don't know. Um, gee, interesting question. I don't mean to sound uh, dismissive toward to this person's question. Mm. Uh, oh. I guess, like, how did it feel, like, okay. you know, uh, him coming to this, because, you know, best boxer of all time, or at least one of them, coming in there in this big hype fight with tension, and just, like, I guess the atmosphere around that whole thing, and uh, Mayweather, you know, his pre- he does have a presence when he comes out and fights. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, uh, and also, okay, when he's I not... I don't a- have to say anything too negative about anyone, Yeah. but I have to say that I'm not a big fan of the hype. Or the uh, you know that that image mm-hmm. uh, that, that the pomp that, and that circumstance he, that, that, the, the, yeah that he that he promotes. Mm. Um, I did have a you know I had a you know I met him you know a, no way he'll remember I met him along with a lot of other people. He seemed nice enough, but that whole thing about you know his own, his nickname is money. Uh, it's part of his shtick. Um, I don't like the shtick. Um, I don't like. Anyone, uh, anyone aspiring to that, you know, yeah, you know, get paid well for what you do well, absolutely. But this whole money is that, you know, money, 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 money. Um, that sort of turns me off, my personal opinion. Um, I there was absolutely no contest between Tenshin and and Mayweather because he couldn't kick. And the whole thing of what I didn't know anything about this. I mean, I don't know whether that was planned, even maybe by Ryzen. You know, maybe to build the hype, but initially when he said he was going to be fighting, and then he said that's not what he understood the contract to be. Bullshit. Sorry, but no way that he didn't know that, that wasn't the contract. Even his manager had to have known that before he was even flown over for the press conference. And if he didn't know, he needs to fire his entire staff because he should have known. So all of that, I have a problem with. Yes, mm. but who the hell am I? I don't have to. Have, you know, I'm. I have a problem with that, just like the average spectator in the stands might have had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really that upset, but I was too sick to watch the ringside. But it wasn't a protest. I didn't walk away to protest the event. Mm-hmm. I would never have done that. My job is to be on the team. I, I, I'm kind of glad that I have an excuse not to watch it ringside because I didn't feel it was a fair contest. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see Floyd Mayweather try and get into a ring with a kickboxer. Maybe not Tenshin. I mean, he's half his age. You know, and therefore mm-hmm. half as ex- half as experienced. But get someone in the ring with him. That's uh, you know, I would love to see a fight between uh, someone in between the edge of Kroll Kulp and Tenshin. Oh, you mean like Gomi? No, Gomi maybe is a little bit too old too. But uh, and he's not a kickboxer. So, but yeah, I would like to oh. see uh, an accomplished kickboxer actually be able to kick. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Anyway, it was all about it was about money and it was about you know bringing in tickets, but it was a great spectacle and that's what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I thought you know Mayweather was gracious exactly. in the end. So, but yeah. I don't know if you if you if, if you know this, but uh, uh, the fight actually was not uh, streamed live uh, legally in America. You know, I forgot about that. Yeah, that wasn't us. That was him and his yes. people. The contracts, and I don't blame him for this. 
he has no control of that. That would have been the contracts that he has with UFC Fight Pass and UFC and whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, ESPN, whatever. That had nothing to do with us. We had no control of it. Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, but and that's the thing is that why we, why a lot of American, or no, I should say North American fans were very disdainful towards uh, Mayweather because it's like, we want to watch this show and now the main event that we want to see, you're taking away now because you're because you're being money Mayweather right now. He's, he's being the gimmick well, I right don't now. actually think it was just against Mayweather. I, I, I saw some flack against Ryzen for people who did not understand the reasons why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So oh. there you go. I mean, that's part of it. You know, you really shouldn't. You know, don't you can add, you can form suspicions, but don't form you know opinions about anything until you know all the information. Well, that's the, I definitely knew it was Floyd Mayweather from the beginning because this never ever happened for with a Ryzen show. And as soon as Floyd Mayweather yeah. comes along, it's like, oh, suddenly this is happening. I think I was able to put two and two together uh, and yeah. realize, oh, it's because of this clown. Who's... Yeah, but Andrew, Andrew, you're reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. There's a lot of unreasonable people out there, unfortunately. Um, actually, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of uh, Crow Cop, I wanted to just get your thoughts on, on his retirement. Uh, he uh, retired uh, a few months ago uh, due to... Uh, yeah, about two months ago, right? Yeah. yeah, and I just wanted to you know, you're very integral to, I think, to his career and and, and, and how you announce him uh, coming out to... Um, um, oh, my God, I'm forgetting the song right now. Um, I'm having a brain fart right now. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. And, yeah, just... Wild Boys by the Rain. Wild Boys. Yeah, Wild Boys, sorry. Um, and, yeah, what are you, uh, what are your I'm thoughts? Sorry, of course, Wild Boys. <laughs> sorry about that, yeah. Um, good caught, good catch. Wild Boys, and, like, what are your thoughts about him retiring and it seems like, uh, having, uh, putting the, uh, the, uh, the end of his, uh, career, um, it's, it's final. Well, obviously, I feel, I feel worried about him and, and, and bad, well, I don't really feel bad for him, I actually feel good for him. It, it, I, I worry about his health. But I think it's good that his uh, he can't he, he he will retire on a high because of this. That's the good side. It's double-edged sword, right? Um, and, and obviously, he's still in danger. I mean, you know, you know, he's his health is at risk even to this day because of what happened in the training session. Krokop um, is a, a wonderful guy. He's very very serious, but very friendly and, and a lovely man. And I've known him for 20 years, and I was sad to, to know that I would never call him out for another event. I enjoyed doing it always. To wild boys, thank you, Christian. Um, <laughs> and, but <clears throat> in a way, I think it's in a way I think it's the best thing that could have happened to him because the lure to just do that one more fight must be so strong. When he won the first time, when he won the uh, what was it? it wasn't a heavy, was heavyweight. Oh, uh, the open weight Grand Prix. Openly Grand Prix, that, thank you. Um, when he won that, I thought, do the right thing, retire. <laughs> and then they, because I thought, retire on a high. Because I really like and respect the guy. And then he came back, but he won again. And I thought, that's going to be really hard. That's got to be like an addiction. That's really hard to break. So this uh, situation broke that addiction in a way for him. So he could retire on a high. Mm-hmm. That's good. But I do, but I know that just because he's not in the ring fighting, doesn't mean his health is not at risk, mm. and that makes me worry for him. I actually was there at that show, and it seemed like he was retiring, just like the way he spoke, and it was just like, oh, you, you win the tournament, you got the 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 big check, and you got the ring or whatever the prize they gave him, the belt, and I thought, mm. oh, this, yep. this is this is him saying he's gonna retire, and then no, he had a. Uh, he had one or two more fights after that, I think. Um, well, the, the the lure is really, really. It must be very alluring mm-hmm. uh, to you know you you're your own for your own sake. I mean, this is what you've done all your life. Why do you want to retire, right? Mm-hmm. You want to keep doing it. But then there's also the temptation. Mm-hmm. But there's your own your own wanting to keep doing what you do. You know, who wants to admit that they need to retire? But then there's also all these voices saying, "We'll pay you." millions of dollars to get the ring just one more time and they don't even care whether you win or not it's, it's going to be a very difficult difficult decision so i'm glad that that decision was taken away from taken taken out of his hands mm-hmm. no no i am too i am too um actually i also want to talk about some of your voice acting stuff you've done a lot of voice acting for uh for animes and uh tv uh video games and i just want to know like uh w- what is it like, like dubbing over uh, and talk, doing voiceover work for for animes and video games? Is it a, is it 
Well, different? For, they're both very different experiences. Yeah. For, for computer games, it's not a voiceover. It's just, it's, it's you know, we do it as an original, mm-hmm. even if the Japanese has already been done. And we don't actually do that so much in Japan anymore. Or it isn't done in Japan anymore. Mostly it's, it's uh, hired out uh, overseas. But during the heyday of doing the English version of, of Japanese-made computer games, uh, that was just originally, and it, that originally in English, and that was a loads of fun because, of course, you get to do lots of different characters, which I used to be quite proficient at. Having done years and years of, of uh, harsh work, live sporting events, my voice has a little bit less range in it now. Um, but when I first started out as a voice actor, I had a lot of range, and I was able to, you know, little little girl voices and you know old man voices, all these different things, which I'm not going to even attempt to try and do now. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. And because you're using different parts of your vocal range for everything, you don't really wear anything down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing for my work for singing. I used to, I, was a, I was a singer as well. So um, uh, that was fun. But uh, uh, dubbing is challenging um, because, of course, you've got to match the timing and the, and the just movement. And it requires a language, a language skill. So that's actually used my, uses my, makes my brain tired. <laughs> mm. He's got to listen to the Japanese and see the Japanese, but say the English while you watch the anime on the screen as you're recording. Uh, that's pretty challenging. <laughs> I just also like to say that some of the video games that you have uh, done voiceovers for are some of my favorites. And I'll tell you, I'm going to say the ones that I like. Uh, Fatal Frame, which is one of the scariest games I've ever played. Uh, um, and uh, Shenmue. Which one? Oh, uh, Sh- Shenmue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shenmue is, Shenmue is a lot of fun. I played a lot of incidental. I didn't play any main characters. I played a lot of different in- incidental characters. That mm. was a lot of fun. And uh, you, of course, you did the Tekken series as well. Um, which I, I've lost. I've lost track of which Tekken is my favorite right now. I'm just gonna assume that like it's like Street Fighter. Like oh. Some of them, there's just, the whole thing is just my favorites right now, so I can't I can't I can't pin it. T- I heard it was really popular. I actually don't do the voice of the girl that I used to do anymore. I don't remember her name. One of you might remember it. I think it was Anna uh, Williams. Um, I believe, I think, yeah, Anna Williams. That's right, Anna Williams. Yeah, apparently she was a really popular character, and I loved doing her. She had this little lovely, low, deep, sexy voice. And uh, her character was quite cool. And I did her for a couple of years. And they have someone else doing her now. Uh, and in fact, I think they may have gone back. They, I think they went back and re-recorded at least one of the ones that I did. I don't know. This, this is what I've heard. To update it, you know, fair enough. They need to sell their games. And um, that was fun. But I don't play computer games. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and I never have. I've never once played a computer game of, you know, like I, I think years and years ago, uh, when they were still doing arcade games, I played a game called Genius, <laughs> which was, yeah, oh, no, was it called Genius? Prodigy. It was called Prodigy. And you had to, like, you know, answer. It was basically a computer version of a Trivial Pursuit kind of thing, but you were, you had an avatar. <laughs> so I'm not a computer game player. So I don't know some of the things. Fatal, Fatal Frame. Final Fantasy, I know I'm the guide voice on Final Fantasy. Do you remember which one? I'm the one that says, go here, go there. Do you remember yeah. which one? Because there's 15 of them. I don't even remember which one it could be. Oh, I did them for years. So I, you know, what, I, so I don't know. You know, I did them for many years. I must have done like maybe eight. I don't know. Oh, okay. And then they, yeah, they would have gotten some someone else after that, I suppose. Once I got more associated with MMA, I the more I got associated with MMA, I became, as in Japanese, we call it the Lenny Hart. You know, the Lenny Hart. Instead of just a narrator, I started doing less of the narrator stuff. So now, whenever I get hired for a TV commercial or a, or I do still do anime series here in Japan. But they'll hire me knowing that people will recognize, ooh, Lenny Hart is doing the voice of so-and-so Okasan. You know, it's more of a, and I don't mean to make that sound conceited, it's just that within this small country, my voice has been associated with MMA and Pride and Ryzen so long that I'm hired because people recognize me, my voice, rather than I'm hired because, uh, you know, because I'm a, uh, versatile voice actress. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to ask about your announcing for Quintet. I actually watched uh, my first Quintet show, uh, the Quintet mm-hmm. Fight Night 3 of the Women. Um, and I just want to I know... Yeah. Uh, well, you, uh, one thing I've noticed is that it seems like you were doing a more traditional announcing voice for that. I, I, was that something... 
Am, am I wrong in thinking that, or was that was that just? No, you're probably you're probably right. I don't think I. I what I do is it, because it, like Quintet is still done in fairly small stadiums. <laughs> this last one we did, we also did Quintet two in the same stadium, and I think it holds something like uh, ten thousand people max. So it's a much smaller venue, and it would be overwhelming for me to do it in the way that I do it. You know, you got all the pyrotechnic and the lighting and the lasers and all that inside a stadium that holds, you know, 35, 40,000 people. You're going to do a very different style. Uh, so I, you know, I told, it's toned down. It's appropriate for the area. I don't really think about this so much. It sort of comes out automatically. And because, of course, the uh, the athletes are all being introduced as a team. Mm-hmm. So you don't want you want to make people wait. That's the other thing you got to think about. You know, get on with it, kind of. You know, and again, remember, remembering it, it's not about me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's about them. So I just announce the names of the athletes a little bit more. Yeah, I try to put. Uh, I try to make it, it sound important and 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 uh, have a little flavor without you know overdoing it. Basically, mm-hmm. you know. Do you have like a quintet voice, a brave voice, a rising voice? Uh, No, not really. As I said, it's just more being venue appropriate, Mm -hmm. timing appropriate, um, knowing that, look, I can sit there and trill and sing and yell and go grovelly and do something funny or whatever, but that's not what it's about. So that, and especially the quintet is uh, far more focused, I think, on the team Mm -hmm. rather than on the individual individual, individual athletes, individual wrestlers. So you know what's appropriate for that situation. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You don't need that much flavor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and by the yeah. way, for anybody, uh, check out that quintet show. It's on the UFC Fight Pass. It's one. It's an incredibly exciting show. I I loved it so much. It, it is. And if if people are new to it, they're trying to decide whether. I mean, there was a comment recently. Someone said, someone interviewed me a while back, and I won't mention the show because it would just be competition. <laughs> <laughs> But they uh, they tweeted something about um, um, uh, uh, you know it recommending grappling matches to MMA or kickboxing fans is just stupid. I mean, who's gonna watch grappling if they're into MMA and and and, uh, and, and K1? And I thought, what a ridiculous comment. I mean, I can see anywhere maybe a younger uninformed person might have that reaction, but the rea- but the reply by Zach, the guy who had interviewed me, was great. He says like. You know, well, you know, it's something new. It's something, you know, it, and, and I was trying to come up with a better way of responding to it. I thought, well, you know, it's like, you know, you, if you like fruit, you might like apples and oranges and bananas. It, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't. So, um, Quintet, if you're going to be uh, newly introduced to it as an MMA, uh, well, I don't like this term, but combat sports fan, um, then give it a go with uh, Quintet 2. Don't look necessarily so much to Quintet Three, which mm-hmm. was a girls' match, and we, as we all female match, as we were driving out, my agents and I were talking about, it, and they were like, "Well, Lenny, what do you think Quintet Three is going to be like?" And I said, "Well, it's involved. It's all women. I would like to see it mixed. You know, I would really love to see it mixed, but at least doing like maybe we could do eight matches. You know, for male and for female, because one of the things that happens is sort of like watching." Um, uh, lightweight athletes. You're going to go longer. You have the stamina, right? So women have a little bit more stamina, a little bit more flexibility, and the matches are going to go longer, and it's going to be a little bit more, in my experience, in the he- in their heads. And more like they're, they're going to be IQ fighters, like Sakuraba, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the sort of really swift, quick stuff that you see. Uh, uh, and I wish I could give you the guy's name right now, but I can't think of it. Uh, but I want to say, uh, Rasid Hamid, or I can't think of his name. This guy's really fast on the ground. and So you're not going to see that. Sort of, one of the things that's great about Quintet is that you never, it's sort of like playing chess. You know, just toward the end, everything can turn around, right? When you think it's going your way, everything can turn around because of the rule set. Mm-hmm. And because you never know who's going to be who's gonna be wrestling who. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, uh, it, you got you got that with Quintet 3, but it's a little bit more slow-paced because, in general, these were smaller athletes with a little bit more stamina, so you had far more draws. Mm-hmm. Like, we never have that many draws, to the point where the final match had to be uh, based on a, uh, a judgment call. 
Mm. Well, well, in general, that's not the case with quintet. That's one of the things that's so fun about it. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, one... I mean, my husband and I both were never really into this kind of stuff before I started it. And my husband loves watching quintet, and so do I. And we enjoyed this quintet three as well. But once you're initiated into it, then watch quintet three. I recommend watch quintet one and two, and then watch three, and then you can appreciate it. Don't initiate yourself into quintet by watching quintet three. The thing I most enjoyed about the most recent Quintet show, so when uh, Miyu Yamamoto's team, uh, Team uh, Sun Cholera, was up, um, they were losing... Cholera, yeah, Cholera. Cholera, excuse me. Uh, they were losing yeah. against the, um, I think it was uh, BJJ Kinoichi? Kinoichi? Yeah. And uh, so what happens after uh, two, I think it was two of uh, uh, Miyu's team uh, got eliminated, Sarah McMahon comes up. And she, what a brilliant! I have always been a very big fan of Sarah McMahon. And it, I was so excited to watch her. You, <laughs> you think brilliant. that? Oh, Sun, uh, uh, Miu's team—they're done. You know, they already went through. They already finished two people. Suddenly, big boss Sarah McMahon comes and taps out the other team's person in like what was it, ten or fifteen seconds? It was yeah. amazing. I, yeah, I just love. Yeah. I love the thought behind the strategy. And all that yeah. stuff behind it—it's so fascinating. That's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, yeah that's what. I, and so, but but you gotta you, those those subtleties are are not really that clear to someone who really expects maybe. I think people expect it to be slow and boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you watch Quintet One and Two, you see how it's not. If you watch Quintet Three, you see how the rules and the and the and the randomness of it make it so exciting. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I say watch Quintet One and Two, and then watch Quintet Three, and you're hooked. Mm-hmm. Because the other other thing was that the sixteen year old girl Gun, Gundam. Oh uh, yes, you're Grace Gundam, yeah, from uh, Ten Planets. Yeah, yeah, was she the one who was fighting? No, she wasn't fighting Sarah. She was fighting. Um, no, no, she was on. Uh, oh. She was on the, the other the other one. She was fighting against yeah, the Deep Pool Pro- team. Uasa, Uasa. Oh uh, yes, no, no, she was like she, she, she's like sixteen That's or seventeen. Great reputation as a fighter, as a wrestler, right? I mean, yeah. And just the fact that she went that long, but then she, I mean, oh man. And then this girl was a man, and she was from the yeah, tenth planet. Yeah, this, this one hundred twenty pound girl who's like sixteen or seventeen is she just was 16. Yeah. sixteen. We had a sixteen year old and a fourteen year old. Yes, <laughs> I was when they when I heard that um was that Rikaku Yuasa? I think it was. Yeah, Yuasa is amazing. I mean, anyone who anyone who's interest, interested in, in these the basic sport like wrestling, uh, MMA, K one, any of that, they'll know this woman, and she's amazing. She is a really talented athlete. So for this girl, 16-year-old girl, to have gone so well with that. Uh, what was her name? Leela Gundam? I don't remember her first name. Uh, Grace Gundam? I remember we were... I was thinking I, I got Grace a new nickname Grace for you. You wouldn't... What's that? Sorry, Christian. What was Grace that? Gundam. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a Korean song that became really popular over here called Gundam Style. Do you know it? Yeah, I've heard of it. You've heard of it? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> Gundam style, which is a really cool song. It's quite funny, and it sort of takes the piss out of itself, right? So I kept I kept singing that while she was up there because it sounded like her name, right? So definitely next time she fights, I'm gonna announce her with this part of it, right? So we were sitting ringside. I got everyone ringside, the director, my manager, and I were all going, Gundam style. It was so amazing, right? So she's got a huge new fan base now. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so impressed with that, that, that young girl who clearly is going places. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's on Team Tenth Planet, so she's uh, she's got a good team to be working with. I'm just curious to know: <laughs> Do you do any uh, training in boxing or kickboxing? Nope. Nope. You never. Uh, you know, it's really funny. I'm going to turn 56 May 10th, and it's only just now that I started thinking at a really low level, just as an exercise. Now, obviously, I would hurt myself if I tried to do it. You know, too vigorously. But I actually just recently started thinking maybe I really should take it up. I've got the legs for kickboxing. I've got really long legs. I was a skier and a very serious ice skater and a dancer for many years. And uh, and I've got very nice long legs, just perfect long legs and pretty good uh, flexibility. So I was just recently and I, and um, I can't think of the name of the place, but there's a fairly famous gym about 30 seconds away from my house. So I thought about um, maybe just training, just you know, to stay fit. Only just recently, because I, I think one of the, I think the problem is, first of all, you can get 
you know, too into something. I keep my life separate, right? Like my job is my job and my hobbies are my hobbies. And, you know, the other thing is a, a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous, if you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> so if I started training in, you know, in the martial arts, I would, I wouldn't like the idea of it tainting my, my awe and respect for the athletes. So I've only just recently thought, you know what, maybe though, maybe I'd like to do this. And I'm too old to do it safely, I think, as, as, a, as a competition. My body just, you know, I think it's too dangerous. But to keep myself in shape, yeah, I've thought about it. But no, up until now, no, never. Okay. <laughs> well, you, have you ever been offered, like, did it Crow Cop or Wanderlei or Fedor ever say, hey, uh, Lenny, if you ever want to train, just come come by my gym. I'll give you. I'll train you for free. Or any, has that ever happened where fighters offer to train you? No, no, no. I think we. Uh, I think they think of me as their um, sweet uh, auntie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's up? What's I'm, I'm on to you, Lenny. And I mean, who would? I mean, I don't offer to train them as voice actors. <laughs> so I got gotcha. you. Why would they? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh huh. So let's talk about rise. No how beautiful their voices well, might be. Let's talk about rising fifteen. You know, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, and I hate to interrupt, Andrew. It's kind of my thing. But i got one question to ask. When it comes down to fighters, in particular those who are just only looking for the money, only looking for a sense of ego just to come out to Japan and look for, you know, fame and notoriety, I mean, what would be your main advice to the people who are just looking for the fame and notoriety out of fighting in Japan and especially a promotion like Rising. Well, I'm not one to judge them. I mean, if they're if this is what they do well and they want to make money out of it and become famous doing it, I mean, how different is that from some you know wide-eyed starlet that goes to Hollywood and wants to become an actress on a silver big silver screen? You know, I mean, not everyone has noble ideals about it. Um, I do have a problem with any athlete that doesn't seem to show respect for the judges, the audience, and other spectators and their opponent. And there are one or two that I could name, but I won't, <laughs> that do that. Uh, so there, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> so let's you talk, understand this hard. Let's talk about Rise of 15. Uh, how Ooh. much are you looking forward to uh, doing the show in Yokohama Arena, uh, uh, Lenny? Uh, just, yeah, how well, do you... I, work, I work in Yokohama Arena for a variety of different events. I, I've done some you know, J-pop events there. and all. The, the arena itself is a great place. Um, it's a lovely big venue, so of course we're going to have lots of energy from all the spectators and everything. And there are some great fights coming up. Uh, I, it's I'm 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 always I'm excited about every event mm. that I do. I, mean, I know that sounds that sounds trite, but contrite, but it's not. Mm. Uh, I really do get excited about every event I do, and uh, and uh, this one has other uh, you know ultra, it's ultra exciting because of the venue, because of the fights, because that we're really into a full swing now with Ryzen. It's been going on for a couple of years now, so I really feel good about it. Uh, yeah, all of the above. <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot, and, uh, but is there any particular fight that you are looking forward to uh, in terms of just the fighters or announcing uh, for said fighters? Anything uh, of that sort? I, I, I'm excited about all of them. I suppose some of the standouts might be, and, and I, I don't know, has it been set? Is King Mo set? Yep, King Mo. better than, than me. Yep, King yeah, Mo versus Yuri so Prochaska. King Mo is going to be facing off against Yuri Prochaska for the Yuri light Pro- Who I love, right? Yeah, well, I didn't know if that fight was actually set yet. Last I, last I heard, it was tentative. But yeah, those two, uh, because they're two, they're, they're two fighters who I really, really personally like and love their fighting styles. And their style, it would be interesting to watch their techniques. Like, I don't know. It could go, really could go either way. I'm, I'm thinking I'm leaning toward King Mo, <laughs> uh, only because he's had a little bit more experience, and he's a, such a showman. Uh, but, yeah, that fight I'm looking forward to. I'm always looking forward to watching Shinju uh, fight, you know, Eau Claire. Uh, well, I've always looked forward to watching her fight. Uh, then uh, it would be interesting to see if she can get back on her stride, because she's been out of it for a while. Horiguchi, I mean, who doesn't like Horiguchi, right? <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Satoshi uh, Souza, uh, I think he's being billed as, uh, by his Brazilian name, Roberto de Souza. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he and his brother are just brilliant. I love them. I, I, I announced for them at various events across the world. So Marcos and, and, uh, and Satoshi, or Horberto, are uh, always great to watch. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, tension Nasakawa, as you might say. 
Um, mm-hmm. that, um, that's a fight. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to that fight a lot um, as well. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. Wait, what was it that how, the Mayweather kept calling Kenshin? What did he call him? Something else. Um, what did he call um, Ninja Boy, I was, think. Now, now, he called him something that in English meant something almost the opposite of what Kenshin means in Japanese. I don't remember now what it was. Tension. Tension. Everyone was calling him Tension because no one heard of him before. Mm-hmm. They were calling him Tension. And, uh, of course, Tenshin, it actually means genius. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah. So his name would uh, translate to, like, genius Nasakawa? Well, it's, it's ten, it ten, it's the, the, the Ten for Tenshin is Tengoku, which means heaven, and Shin means sort of person. I so see. So heavenly, heavenly person. It's not his real name. It's his, it's his fight name. <laughs> oh wow! I didn't even know that. That's amazing. I didn't. I, I didn't... Yeah, and it was being mis mis trans mis spoken as tension, without to have as, as an have anger tension. or the plot thickens. Or yeah, right? yeah, you know, like like an uneasiness. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh well, uh, if people want to listen to uh, hear you announce, they can do it at Ryzen 15, which will be at the Yokohama Arena. They can uh, buy it on Fight TV if you're not in Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I wanted to give the floor to you, um, uh, Lenny, to, uh, just plug your social media where fans can reach you, and, uh, yeah, but we'll plug your social media and all that stuff. Well, they can find, they can find me just by knowing how to spell my name, which is not phonetic. My name is L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T. <laughs> uh, in some places it's Lenny.Hart, in some places it's just Lenny Hart. I'm on, uh, Twitter. Uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, I have a, a webpage www.lennyheart.com. You can get, you can order like um, uh, uh, recordings for like you know phone answering machines and stuff like that, or even wedding calls. I do a lot of wedding calls and stuff like that. I hate self promotion, by the way, which is why I'm rambling through this. Mm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you can find me there. And as far as Ryzen 15, I love this thought. Ryzen 15 is being held on April 21st, Tokyo time, which, of course, you're talking about a date-time difference. But I believe it winds up being the 20th in the United States. Uh, but well, in Japan... Well, some parts of the United States, Pacific sorry? time zone, Pacific. I mean, it sorry? happens in the Pacific time zone on April 20th. The rest of the country is April 21st. Okay. All right, cool. Thank you for that. And you know April 21st is a Sunday? It's Easter Sunday, and how appropriate, we're rising. Mm. <laughs> I almost slipped nope. up. I almost slipped up because I'm I'm always talking to fighters, and I was about to almost ask, uh, plug your team and your sponsors and all that. So I'm glad that I I didn't screw that up as I originally as I originally thought I was going to. But Miss um, Hart, I thank you so much for doing this interview. Uh, rising fifteen. Yokohama Arena, April 21st uh, for some, April 20th for others. Uh, for uh, everybody outside Japan, you can order on Fight TV, and you'll be able to hear her beautiful announcing skills for all the fighters that will be fighting on that day. And uh, Miss Hart, once again, thank you so much for doing this, and I hope we can talk to you again sometime. I look forward to it, and thank you, Andrew and Christian. It's great to have finally spoken to you after all these years. And I have one last thing You're to say. Welcome. I really enjoyed today's interview, and I would like to say, Arigato. Ah, Arigato, uh, 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 oh, what's it, what is it? I'm trying to That was it. Doitashimashite. Which I learned, I remembered it by learning, don't touch my mustache. I understand. Thank you very much. You're welcome, and you're always welcome to be on here anytime, Miss Hart. Well, I'd love to speak to you again sometime. Take care, guys. Great. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.